Good morning. I'm Simon Jackman. I'm one of the leaders at Oxford Community Church, and I'd like to welcome you uh, this morning to hear some more about the book of Philippians. Lois Fulton did an introduction last week, uh, which was brilliant, and I'm looking to try and follow on after her. I'm doing chapter 1, verses 12 to 30. And uh, I don't know about you, but this has been a roller coaster year for me so far. So I'm going to refer a bit to some of my own experiences and also Paul's experiences around this time of when he uh, went into prison. My own experience, just uh, to give you an insight, we actually, uh, the room where I'm sitting in right now uh, is a new second lounge for us or study for us. It was actually converted from a garage at the beginning of this year. And we were very fortunate that our builders were on time and managed to complete the conversion by the end of February so that we were able to move in here and uh, paint it and decorate it before the lockdown happened. Uh, so we've got the obligatory bookshelf at the back, uh, which was uh, uh, moved in here the other day and still has a, a mixture of Christian books, which uh, others have in their studies, as you've seen, if you've watched these videos from them. And it also contains a mixture, I think, of Christian books and Indian cookery books, mainly in, in the middle shelves, which if you know me, you'll know why. Um, uh, we also have a nice painting on the wall of a, uh, a scene from uh, Porth Kidney Sands in, in Cornwall, looking over to Hale Beach, uh, one of our favourite uh, spots for our holidays, which we bought the book picture last year in order to have it hanging here today. So we're really pleased that we're, we're in this new room and that our house is back in order just in time for all of the challenges that we now face. Um, I'm going to read to you from one uh, Philippians 1 verse 12 right now. So it says, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what's happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I'm in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It's true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defence of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what's happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labour for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. So that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. 
Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him, since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had and now hear that I still have. Let's just look at verses 12 to 18 again. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. I presume he was saying something that he thought would surprise them there. They would kind of be expecting him to have thought that these opportunities for him would have been closed down by being in prison. But he said quite the opposite. This lockdown for him has meant opportunity. As a result, it's become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Paul, it seems, was probably chained to a guard 24-7. So he had wrist-to-wrist chains that were with between him and this guard. And then, obviously, they would have a rotor of guards who would be sitting with him during that time in his quarters where he was living. One by one, I'm sure he told them all about Christ and what Christ meant to him. And he would also have been full of the Holy Spirit and full of joy at this time. And that would have been a real shock to these soldiers who were hard-nosed. These were the Praetorian Guard. They were the elite soldiers of the Roman Empire, the emperor's personal bodyguard, the, the ones who were most highly trained. And he was going through them one by one as he talked with them and prayed with them and asked God for their lives. And just as they touched the life of God in his life, they would have been impacted strongly by him. What an opportunity, what a, what a position for him in the midst of this captivity. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. His imprisonment had not led to the believers withdrawing, as has happened when when Jesus was arrested and they all fled. In contrast, these guys have become bolder. And this goes back to some of the earlier uh, scriptures in Acts, where where we read of Paul and Silas in prison and where the the believers rejoiced that they'd been imprisoned for for Christ. And Paul was saying that the other believers around him were being the same, being like that. That's amazing to have been so positive and bold at that time. The way he describes the advance of the gospel for him at this moment, he uses a military word, which perhaps isn't surprising given his proximity to military guards around him. He uses the word prokop, which was specifically used for the progress of an army or expedition. It described how they would cut away the trees and the undergrowth, any of the barriers there were to the progress of the army. And Paul's imprisonment, far from restricting the gospel, had cut a way forward that had impacted him and had made his brothers and sisters bolder. Lockdown for Paul was a time of opportunity. What's it like for us? 
Uh, I don't know what it's been like for you. The last few weeks before lockdown were an amazing preparation for me. I, I went through a peculiar period in life when, having had our garage converted, I then headed off to the US for a period of several weeks, uh, spending time in Silicon Valley, staying at a NASA base and going off to New York and Washington, D.C. I even walked down the main streets in New York only a few weeks before that they changed totally uh, due to lockdown. And as I was in the US for those 10, 10 days, I was working for the University of Oxford, who I worked for four days a week. And I was looking at opportunities with the space sector for things we might do collaboratively together. And I came back with a whole number of opportunities for us to work together with US counterparts and, and the UN as well. And I've ended up writing up lots of proposals over the last few weeks whilst we've been in lockdown. So it was as though God had prepared me to uh, have all these opportunities, which then needed to be turned into proposals by ideally writing them down where, where I am, which is what I've been doing. So I praise God that that was the case. And I was I had that opportunity. I then went to California for a couple of weeks because my wife, Carol, and daughter, Sophie, flew over, as did Jeremy and Adrienne Blakey. And we went up to Bethel Church in Reading in Northern California for a couple of weeks. Uh, we attended a Christian symposium that they were at for a few days. And Sophie, in the meantime, attended their Christian school and um this was an amazing opportunity to see what the uh, the school was like to see get this Christian school symposium uh engagement with with how they actually run a Christian school which was a really really eye opening in many ways kind of pressing further forward than than we'd seen elsewhere in terms of how how you see the holy spirit moving in children's lives and and all of that and the confidence of the children in that was really amazing and impactful and has left us thinking of a number of ways of which we'd like to see things move forward more for us as well here in Oxford. Um, so we, we came away from that time refreshed, encouraged with new ideas and then came straight back to what was ending up being lockdown. So I feel like God imparted some things to us then and did some stuff in our lives that are still going on now. And it's a privilege to be able to still think back to that and, and think and pray into more of what we'd like God to do in and through us. So God was preparing us for lockdown in a very unusual way, I would say, a bit like the roller coaster I mentioned earlier. We'd gone up from there and then down to this strange situation of being locked away. Paul had uh, quite a lot of previous experience before he was locked down as well. He writes in 2 Corinthians 11, I've worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I've received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea, have been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. That's a lot of dangers. I've laboured and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I've been cold and naked, and besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. 
Paul had known many, many challenges in his life. And as we read the book of Acts, you see challenge after challenge coming his way. He'd been in danger a lot and he knew what roller coasters were like. And now, having appealed to Caesar, he finds himself in lockdown and all is quiet. In fact, you could say he's in the most safe place possible in the Roman Empire at that moment, chained to a a guard who's the most highly trained guard in that empire, locked away but secure. What a contrast to the rest of his previous uh, life as a Christian. Since lockdown, Carol and Sophie, my family, have had coronavirus. That was nearly six or seven weeks ago now, and they are mostly better. Sophie still lacks some energy. I think quite a few people have a form of post-viral syndrome that takes their energy away or leaves it taking a long time to recover. Carol's back to full energy. So we've walked through that together as a family in lockdown, which has been something of a challenge and trial for us. And now that they're better, um, Carol and I had the privilege last week of going out delivering food parcels to families related to Tyndale School, uh, the school we run in East Oxford. We took eight food parcels around. They're quite large because you're giving people food for a whole week. So you need even two car journeys for those. Um, And we went around these homes and It was wonderful talking to people, seeing the delight in their eyes, their gratefulness. These are people from all over the world who live in that part of Oxford and are really thankful for the extra provision that we're able to provide. And all of that comes from people's generosity because it's all through through donations. So I've been really privileged to, to do that. And I think it's been great that others from our church have been really heavily involved. Sally Snelson in particular, you've done so amazingly well in being there every week to do deliveries. And we we honour you in that. That was a wonderful that's a wonderful thing you've been doing. Thank you. And one of the teaching assistants, another thing at Tinder, one of the teaching assistants has been, uh, his name's Johnny, and he's got a background in storytelling. And so he's decided he's going to do recorded assemblies, just seven minutes, little recordings every uh, every week, uh, so that he, he tells people the stories of, of Jesus in those assemblies. So the last one was Jesus calming a storm, where he acted it out with lollipop style, little characters, little um, puppets. And this has been watched over and over again by kids. And they've been uh, all all kids, whether they've been Christians or, or not from Christian families. It's someone that like that making the most of their talents during lockdown is an inspiration to me. I was talking to an old friend of mine yesterday who uh, one of the people in his church his friend, has some friends in France. And they decided they were going to catch up for coffee in a sort of French way, but through being online. And um this this friend in France ended up praying a prayer to Jesus and, and, and their friend led them in a, into a relationship with Jesus online like that. Kind of makes you think about some of this what, when Paul says Christ is preached, whether whether from whatever motives and in whatever way. All I care about is that Christ is preached and people uh, come to know him and uh, praise God that people are coming to know him even online like that at a distance. So what's it like for you? How are you finding things during lockdown? Are there opportunities for you to be a blessing to others? Can I encourage you to think about what God might be calling you to do at this time? It might be 
praying for some people and from some situations, that's enormously valuable. It might also be connecting with some people online who maybe some of them you haven't seen for some time, but God's saying, I'd like you to connect again with them and chat with them and having an opportunity to share God's love with them and, and talk to them about what he's like in your life. For those of us who can get out and about, there are things to do where you can volunteer for maybe those those food boxes. They need to be packed and they need to be delivered. They need people to do both. Let's be asking God to move in people's lives. and Let's consider this an opportunity to be on the front foot. I've got one other main point I want to raise with you from Paul's writing here, which starts from verse 20. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labour for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it's more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. So that you may, through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Our experience has another similarity to Paul's in that we are faced up to death in a way that is closer than ever. It's perhaps like being closer to heaven than ever too. This was brought home to me by another experience just before lockdown when we were at Eileen Elmett's funeral, probably the most profound spiritual meeting I've ever been to at the King's Centre in 20-odd years. It was an experience that most illustrates Paul's words for me, which is, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. As we sang our praise and worship to God and thanked him for Eileen's life, it was like touching heaven and many people who don't know Jesus yet and were seated around us were just just weeping in the presence of God. I believe that they were touching heaven and God was touching their lives and there's something like that going on around this place and we need to ask for more of that around this country at this time. What does it look like to have more of an awareness of heaven than a fear of coronavirus? For me, it's something like where I put my focus that helps me. I, I watch the news a lot. I know I, I want to know more and more about what's going on. And I'm scientific. I'm a scientist by background, so I get scientifically interested. But I'm challenged also to think, well, I need to focus on God and what he's saying and what he's doing at this time. I'm finding that spending time on my own with God, my wife Carol was talking about this last week for a few minutes during Lois's talk, the ability just to sit in God's presence and allow his presence to be with us and then to then to pray out of that has been significant for me too in this season. And then there's the small groups that we have in church life. So we've we connect in with kin uh, uh, and we found meeting up with people in kin to be spiritually refreshing and encouraging. Just reading God's word together, praying together, just sharing fellowship, chatting about how things are going in our lives has been very, very refreshing. So I want to encourage you that 
if you're on the edge of one of those groups or don't know about them, to get in contact because this is a really good way of connecting with people and being encouraged at this time. Read the Bible, read books uh, that encourage you about heaven and about what God's like, because this is a good time to be feeding up on that sort of material so that we build that up inside of ourselves and encourage ourselves in our faith. So what I'd like to leave you with this week is the question of what you what step you could take in reaching out to touch people's lives and what step you could also take in connecting with God more around heaven and about his closeness of his presence at this time. God bless you and have a good week.